Welcome to Tesla's on episode 262, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, it's the Prophet's Car Riley. Tifties has returned with a rather quizzy show today, Gary. Three quizzes. Two weeks off, Prof, and um, it's Quiz Central. Yeah, so, uh, of course, we still have our sponsors, Lesser Credit and Ocean Electrical, looking after us, as usual. Check them out on their socials and Google them. Um, I feel like I haven't said my catchphrase in a while. What have we got? So go for it, Prof. Lesser Credit. They got you back. <laughs> um, we have games to look back on, Prof. We're looking ahead to Pats, looking back on Drada. So, um, plenty to talk about. Yeah, so plenty of quizzes as well this week, Prof. Um, very, very quizzy week on hands here. Yeah, we've got the two semi-finals and we got our first ever women's edition of the quiz. Yeah. Um, so, could not be setting that, the trend going forward. Not, not a league or a cup or anything, just sort of a friendly affair, but still, uh, could be the start of something new. See what happens. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the women's show two weeks ago. Anyway, we uh, had a dedication to the ladies who were in the cup semi. Unfortunately, we went out, Prof. Shells got into the final. Mm-hmm. And coming soon, the 125-year season ticket for 2024 as well. So keep eyes on socials all across the board. Season tickets are coming. Perfect Christmas present. We're recording to Tommy Tommy somewhere between 125 and 128 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, in between. Uh, we've core kickoff confirmed on Monday for 4.45. So all of you travellers going down to the Cork game. It's going to be very interesting, Prof. It's going to be very, very interesting. We'll go bank and kick off. Well, I wonder if we win the league on Friday, how much that will knock off the attendance. Because I'm sure, I'm sure some people just decide not to go if the league is wrapped up and then that's a dead rubber. Yeah. But it is a bank holiday. Uh, it's Cork and I feel like I felt like our Cork game earlier in the season was kind of taken away from us with the three red cards. So, um, as things stand, I definitely fancy still going. Yeah, absolutely. I don't see how anyone would want not want to go. It's a celebration, if potentially. Um, weather last weekend, Prof, absolutely booking down all games off. Every single sporting event off, possibly. I don't think anything went ahead. Except Daily Mount. Bar Daily Mount yeah. and the odd Ga game. Another one for the Balls Trophy cabinet, Gar. <laughs> just pitch. dry pitch. Dry pitch. Just in the, in the, in the cabinet. Um... <laughs> Yeah, someone made the joke. Ball's game still on. The climate officer must be working. <laughs> um, so yeah, people are asking when's the last Tala game that was called off, and the answer was the twenty twenty Presidents Cup. Um, but that was taken out of Biddy and Kieran's hands because that was a that was like an orange warning, like a storm. Yeah, Storm Kira, I think it was called then. So the last game that was called off, as in. Uh, an unplayable pitch because of rain was a League Cup tie with Longford in 2018 and if you remember the interview I did with Biddy and Kieran, the groundsman Biddy actually boasted that we've never had a game called off here and I said to him said, ah, well there was, a, there was a League Cup game with Longford and I looked at him trying to rack his brain I don't think he, he knew what I was talking about but it did happen alright um, so it was about Friday Three o'clock that the news came in that there'd be no game, no game Friday, and then the court game would be moved, pushed back a week as well. Um, yeah, so that that was that was the weather news. So that was the weather, prof. We also just speaking of balls, we had Dublin Airport Twitter con- continuing to troll balls. Make fans. yourself known to us. <laughs> yeah, would like to have an interview. It's hilarious, and Keith Buckley could be out of cup final with injury as well. It's a very very tough injury. It's an ACL, so he's done. For the season, 
And on injuries, we've Jack with a knee operation who won't play again this season either, unfortunately. So that's Jack out of the running for the rest of the season. And Pat's tickets, Prof, Goldust, or in the words of Ozzy Nay. Prof, I'll let you finish it off. Rare as rocking horse shit. It's the usual as well. It's very, very tough to get a hold of these. Very, very yeah. tough. How fast did they sell out? Flying out. So just that first hour, like they were gone. Yeah, absolutely gone. Um, Brian McConville, friend of the show as well with Amo over in the States. Um, his painting of all things rovers all mashed into one landscape. Absolutely brilliant. So keep an eye out for the canvases and prints and paints and t-shirts all coming out. This is one of those things that <coughs> are so good. I'm I'm looking at it for a tenth time now and I'm still seeing things I didn't see before. There is so much detail in this. It's it wears well, isn't it? Oh, I love it. Absolutely brilliant. So well done again. There's more to come from Brian, so keep an eye out. Uh, women's Roundup, Prof. Yeah, well, like you say, Gar, the women's team were uh, knocked out in the FBI Cup semi-finals. Um, this game obviously got the big build-up, so there was a feeling afterwards that maybe the players might have kind of frozen the occasion. Cody actually did kind of say that in his post-match. He says the players just sort of didn't seem up to the occasion. felt like they didn't sort of show up because the passing was was poor um, like the normal our normal passing game uh, let us down never seemed to get going attacking wise uh, just lost control of the game uh, two soft goals first one from the corner and then the second one was a catastrophic catastrophic uh, back pass from uh, Sean Fox our centre back which led in the, the shells forward I was actually sitting beside her dad um, the family's from oh, yeah. Galway I was up there in the new padded seats there. Uh, no cup holder, but uh, very, very comfy seats. <laughs> uh, but actually, I moved away at half time. I'm kind of glad now. Could have been awkward. Uh, considering uh, his daughter was uh, made, made The biscuits L. were too much of a temptation. Made an error there. Um, Stephanie Zambra going with the green ribbon in her hair there. I don't know about this. <laughs> a semi final. Before semi final, wearing a green ribbon. Um, the positive on the day was uh, it was another new women's attendance record 1,567 at Tata so if you remember there was a big effort to get up the flags and all the colour and everything so it was a great crowd but fortunately we couldn't get ourselves to a final I think the most disappointing thing is that we didn't test the keeper because if you go back a week prior we won the wrong game we won the league game did the exact opposite of what you said on the show the week before that is to just keep popping shots yeah, yeah. did the opposite I think Aoife Kelly had one shot on goal and like that was pretty much it Um, like we had the three goals in the league game and it uh, wasn't the case for the cup match Um, yeah and if you look at this season and there was a defeat in the All-Ireland competition in Wexford but that was kind of an experimental team Best players gone to the World Cup, missing and all that. So essentially, the women's team only two defeats this season, and they were in the two most high stakes game, home to Piedmont in the league, home to Sl- uh, Shelburne in the cup. Mm. So I mean, it is a young team. If you take out like Stephanie and Anya, um, there are a couple of players there who came from Shells and Piedmont. They're kind of in their mid twenties, but a lot of players, you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Um, 
so it was maybe just kind of a lot of pressure on their young shoulders you know yeah um unfortunately we couldn't get the win though yeah so then we had the the wednesday game away to deal our waves which was called off uh failed a pitch inspection which then became a team of the week in irish football pitch inspections and then the saturday was a one-all draw away in wexford so we actually had maria reynolds making her debut in this game 14 months out with an injury and she finally got to make a day. Great to see her back. Yeah, Cody made a good few changes in this game. So we had Waterford, we had Wexford taking the first half lead, and then the Robbers ladies got a ninety-first minute equaliser, and uh, Kelly, funny enough, involved in this. She, and you hear from her in a while now from the quiz. Uh, she sent the ball in, and ultimately was an own goal by a Wexford player, but Laura involved. So that leaves Robbers in third place, two points behind Shells. And coming up, we got Limerick at Marcus Field, November fourth. That's going to be shown on TG Cahir. And our last remaining home match is at Lone the week after that, November eleventh. So that's so the that women's roundup from the round prof. Yeah. Well, next up, we have the women's quiz. It's Lauren versus Scarlett. Welcome to the podcast quiz question from the East Stand, the Rovers Ladies Edition. I'm Hannah Dunn, your quiz master for today's exhibition between Lauren Kelly and Scarlett Heron. Welcome to the show, Lauren and Scarlett. Thanks, Thanks. Lauren, first of all, was everyone heartbroken after the FAI Cup final, semi-final last weekend? Um, yeah, of course. Like, the semi-final is probably the worst time to go out, to be honest. Um, and we were really hoping to make it to the final, so it was. Um, I think the, the biggest disappointment was just that we weren't um, as good as we, we knew we could be, so it was a tough one to take, yeah. Scarlett, we couldn't get to a cup final like you did with Athlone last year, but will the group learn from this and be better for next season? Yeah, that's what we're hoping. I think uh, we're just trying to move on from it now and uh, try to learn as much as we can from it. And uh, yeah, hopefully it'll stand to us next year and we'll be able to sort of use it as fuel to, to drive us on then to try to get to a cup final next season. And Scarlett, in the teammates' video series on social media, most of the players pick Lauren as the most intelligent. Do you agree with that? We'll have to see after the quiz. <laughs> Lauren, it's six football questions today and ten general knowledge. Scarlett has just started studying at UCD. Are you confident confident against her here? I have the experience, don't I? A few years ahead of her. <laughs> okay, so here are the rules. I'll take turns asking you questions and you get one point for every correct answer. And before the show, we flipped a coin to decide who goes first, and it's going to be Lauren. You have 20 seconds to give us your answer. If you get it wrong, your opponent is allowed to steal it. Carla's here to keep score and reveal the winner at the end. Are you ready to play? Ready, yeah. <laughs> okay, Lauren, your first question. Rovers, Shelburne, and which other club are the joint highest goal scorers in the Women's Premier Division with 39 goals? The Women's? Yeah. Sorry, P rank. No, Scarlett, do you know? At Lone. Yeah, that's she right. She would know, wouldn't she? <laughs> right, that's one yet. point for Scarlett. So, Scarlett, your, your first question. Which Colombian player won the 2014 FIFA Puskas Award, finishing first ahead of our own Stephanie Zambra? Thomas Rodriguez. That's also right. Yeah, 2 0. 
Right, back to Lauren. The top goal scorer at the 2023 Women's World Cup came from which country? Denota Scarlett. Yeah, I think so. Scarlett, over to you. Oh, Japan? Yeah. Really? <laughs> she was at it. <laughs> it wasn't up to Japan games, no. <laughs> It was Hinata Miyazawa with five goals. Scarlett, your second question. Which African nation were surprise semi-finalists of the 2022 Men's World Cup in Qatar? Morocco. Yep. You're giving her the good questions. (laughs) Excuses. (laughs) You'll get me back to general knowledge. I don't know. (laughs) Right, back to Lauren. What did these players all have in common? Paolo Maldini, Francesco Toddy, Ryan Giggs and Jamie Carragher. One club, man. Yep. First right answer. Oh, <laughs> thanks for reminding me. <laughs> I'll show you get a few more. Okay, back to Scarlett. Five women have featured in every Rovers League game this year. Anya O'Gorman, Jess Gargan, Jess Hennessy, Leah O'Leary, and who else? Can you repeat the four, please? Anya O'Gorman, Jess Gargan, Jess Hennessy, Leah O'Leary, and who else? Aoife Kelly? No. Lauren? What was the question? Five women have featured in every Rovers game this year. Those four that I said. Sorry, that's uh, every Rovers League game, just to clarify. I don't know. Okay, so Amanda has one, I don't think, is it? Sorry, who did you say? Amanda, but I don't think she did. No, that's not it. The answer was was Alana McAvoy. Okay, Lauren, your next question. Name the longest river in the world. The Nile? I don't know. Yeah, got it right. Four or two. Scarlett, which Irish employer advertised for new recruits using the slogan, get thanked for a living? Get thanked for a living? Yeah. Um, what was the question again? Sorry, which Irish employer advertised for new recruits using the slogan "Get thanked for a living"? Um, God, I don't know. I don't know. Lauren, do you know? Is it get thanked? Yep. Yeah. I have a clue. <laughs> okay, so the answer was Dublin bus. Oh, I've heard oh. that. Great. Right, back to Lauren. Name one of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West's children. North. Yep, that's one of them. Scarlett, in what decade was the Chernobyl disaster? In what decade? Oh. Yep. 
Um, was it in the 1960s? Close, but not quite. Lauren, do you know? Close, which way? Like high or low? <laughs> not too. No, no. I'll say 70s. Closer again, but oh. not right. It was the 80s. Lauren, what is the capital of Norway? Oslo. That is correct. You draw level there for all. I'm getting the good ones this time. Yeah. <laughs> right, back to Scarlett now. George Clooney starred as Doug Ross on which American medical drama? Um, repeat the question, please. George Clooney starred as Doug Ross on which American medical drama? Um, Grey's Anatomy? I don't know. No. Lauren? That was going to be my guess. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> clue. The answer was Eeyore. Never heard of it. Yeah. Neither have I. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lauren, your next question. What, in- what instrument is used to see stars? Oh. Oh, Lauren, come on now. Do I know this? Like, I don't know the name of it. You should know it, yeah. Like, I know what it looks like, but I don't know what it's called. <laughs> What's the time there? Five seconds, huh? Yeah, yeah you, can go, you can say, I'm not getting it. You can go ahead. <laughs> is it a telescope? It is. Is that what it's called? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just something you looked through, like, not for the stars. I was going to say that. <laughs> They're binoculars, no? They're just the ones over your eyes, yeah, like, yeah. too. Okay. <laughs> okay, Scarlett, your next question. Which Irish band is known for the song Zombie? Cranberries. That is right. Oh, you answer that one quick. Um, Singing it all weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> okay, Lauren, your last question. What is the traditional ingredient of a cosmopolitan cocktail? Oh, I'm just saying vodka. I don't know what it is. Well, you'd be right. That's right. Answer. Nice. Okay, and Scarlett, your last question: What does the first M stand for in MMA? Mixed. That is correct. That's that's a seven-five victory for Scarlett. Oh, hardly. <laughs> <laughs> The telescope one is getting me. That was was costly. The telescope. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that would be a really stupid answer, but I had to say it. I was like, no, I'm not going, not saying that. You got me worried. I was like, am I about to sound stupid? You're saying (laughs) (laughs) Poor. So Scarlett comes with the win, Prof 7-5. Lauren, the the hotly tipped favourite. Bit of an upset, considering everyone um, has said Lauren is the most intelligent of the squad, according to the teammate series. Um, I think it came down to the telescope question, didn't it? Like if Lauren, <laughs> if Lauren had messed up on that one, then she allows uh, Scarlett to kind of streak ahead. Then, but uh, decent standard actually to the answers. I mean, there was sixteen in total, and I think they only got maybe five, five or six wrong yeah. between them. So, and uh, they were good sports as well. Like neither of them knew what they had signed up for. Like I asked Scarlett, I was like, "Do you know what this is?" She was like, "No, I actually don't." <laughs> but like, <laughs> she was, 
No, but she was getting balls, so like, and they ended up. I think they enjoyed it. Like Hannah, Hannah enjoyed it. Our quiz master. Uh, none of them know what a year is, but we'll know that. <laughs> it's uh, 30, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, like I said, no plans for to make this a regular thing, but we can look into it next season. Um, could also be a battle of the sexes someday, girl. Like Ooh, a, there you go. Billy Jean King and Bobby Riggs. Yeah, yeah. tennis fifty <laughs> years ago. With Jack Byrne versus Scarlett Heron. Imagine those sort of battles. There you go. So we are going to talk with the members gala on Saturday Prof. Over five grand raise for Jack McDonough and a fantastic night overall with your Johnny Gileses and your Gary Twiggs and your Michael O'Neill's. Um, brilliant, brilliant night. Uh, I had dinner with Mick and Pat Bourne and Johnny Giles. Would you call that dinner? Brilliant. <laughs> it was brilliant. So I, was there, I was starving after that trout, I tell you. They were they were talking the the trout was nice. I thought it was nice. It was it looked good. Um but you know, it's it's not standard fare, is it? It's not it's not what <laughs> Rovers fans are used to. The chicken was nice. Yeah. But my god. Um so nine twenty five by the way I got there. Yeah. <laughs> Props sitting there whimpering like a puppy. Starving it was. So uh, yeah, it just it was great just sitting there with the lads chatting away, and they were talking about how expectations should be met and standards shouldn't drop, and just how they were so competitive in the four in a row, and that they loved going in with pressure on them to games and big games and stuff like that. It was just it was excellent. They said that we were talking about Richmond Park and how big that game is going to be, and they said the players should love it. They're going to love it. So mm. very very interesting stuff. Well, Pat Byrne was the the eighties guest from the four in a row. And then you had Michael Neal and Gary Twig, um, like and of course Johnny Giles. But like all four guests were interesting in their own way. Yeah. Um, like Giles, as we know, has not spoken much about his time at Rovers. He opened up, didn't he? He did. We won't say much here. What happens um, in the gala stays at the gala. <laughs> yeah. Um, he spoke a bit in the Rings End to Tada book for my Dara and Owen, but I feel like he just went into more detail here about why things went the way they did how promises weren't delivered by the coins behind the scenes stuff that you wouldn't know about and here he is talking about it like 40 50 years later and yeah I like like Twiggy Twiggy um, prodding Glenn Cronin because he played in the the 2-1 derby win at that of the two leg goals like there was, there was like there was good banter like that Um. I know Michael Neal was interesting. I like I like, I really liked all four guests. Um, Ed Sol didn't throw his season ticket at Michael O'Neill, so good <laughs> good night and all. Good prizes for the uh the raffle for Jack and McDonough. Um we were all just in it for Ray's curry really. That was like in our mind, all, the, all the money went on that. In our mind that was number one prize and the girl who won it actually went up to, to try and collect the curry. To grab the curry. <laughs> yeah. I see. I don't blame her after that trout. She's probably starving. But yeah, um, in terms of beers, gear, uh, very disappointing facial hair on show by the four <laughs> guests. One mustache between them. One mustache. One mustache. Fine mustache as well. Where are the beards? Like McPhail and Brazza were there. They were representing the beards, but not on stage though. Nothing. Uh, nothing fully flowing and and full <laughs> like yours. Yeah, we were on table twenty-one. Baloney sharp as always. Table 21, 21 league titles that we're hopefully about to win. Um, Martin Moore, when he saw the trout, he goes, uh, Master Chef, shite. 
Oh, brilliant. Giles, uh, Giles is a bit of a potty mouth, isn't he? He's, he's, he's swearing. Potty mouth. <laughs> I, like... Blame the Bacardi. Like, you were actually at his table, right? Yeah. I wasn't. But when when it was finished, I just kind of joined you. So, Giles, he was there. And he was talking to different people then, like McBurn. And then and then he had Brazzer and McPhail either side of him, which I got a photo of. It's a great snap. Um, people were enjoying that photograph. But he's like, he doesn't seem real to me. Yeah. He's like... A, it's like a fictional character, like a Bilbo Baggins or something. It's, it's hard just, to believe that he's just sitting there and you're like, it's John Jones. He actually is real. Yeah. You see him on <laughs> yeah. TV all the time and you're like, oh, sitting across from him. Yeah. The grandfather of the nation. That's mm. Orla Stanford, uh, beautifully put it. Um, I asked Steve McPhail a very important question. I said, are you the last Ireland player to score directly from a corner? Because his only goal for Ireland was in 2000. And then he goes, no. And he goes, no, Katie McCabe. I was like, will you feck um. off? Obviously asking about the men's team. Um, yeah. So you also had, Bobby Charlton had died that afternoon. So Some great insight into that. Actually yeah, McDerra Ferris was the man asking the questions. This one, McDerra did an excellent job. So his first question was about Bobby. And Charles went into loads of detail about playing with Bobby. What an unbelievable player he was. Like you don't. You can watch footage. And you can read books and all. But when you actually hear about a teammate. Describe what it's like on the pitch with him. Mm. That's when you get that sort of insight. So that was. um, Yeah that was fantastic. Um, When he died. Clinton Morrison was asked. On Sky Sports News. To pay tribute to him. And then 30 seconds in. He revealed that he had never actually met him. (laughs) Everyone was paying tribute, As you said, Garrett Twiggy is claiming 90 goals for yeah. Rovers. That's what I said to him. I don't know where I just said to him. I said, what's... How many is it? 88 or 89? He said 90. So there's another one he wasn't mm. credited for. Yeah, but see, I'm giving him an extra one, right? When I say 88 goals, I've meticulously gone through his goals, right? And some sources deny him a goal in a 6-0 win over Galway in the 2010 Cup, right? FA Cup quarterfinal. So I'm giving him that one. For 88. So, so some sources have him on 87. So is he adding three? We need to get to that. I know what he's talking about. There's some goal against Sligo that he insists he scored, right? But let's also consider this. The Dean Kelly goal at Daily Mount. Yeah. Twiggy's head was nowhere near that ball. That's Dean Kelly's goal. So are we taking mm. that one off him as well? So if I was Twiggy, I would keep his mouth shut and be happy with the 88. I think he's on 88. Uh, on that day, 13 years ago, Gar, was when Galway beat Bowles and we beat Drada to come back top of the league in 2010 to go down to the final day. And you know what? That's what I want to ask Michael O'Neill about. I want to ask Michael O'Neill about the Sporting Fingal game. I don't know why. I just I want to hear him talk about that whole game. His thoughts and his... And yeah. during it and after... Because imagine the roller coaster emotions. Yes. So but it's good to see him like obviously he had his He's in great form, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean obviously he had his falling out with the boards at the time and he went to took them Northern Ireland. Job. I think it's all water under the bridge now. Yeah, but it's nice to see, you know, things being mended and we're all in the same room and we're talking about a a golden era of the club which was 2010 11 hundred percent um, So no, it was a fantastic night overall. All four guests were brilliant. Um, 
Just a really good night. Yeah, excellent stuff. So well done to all involved and a brilliant, brilliant night. Um, geez, it was great. I think the last thing I remember, I think dancing with some rather large Swiss men. <laughs> I think that was about it. It was a great night. Everybody what? was singing. I think Davey had a rendition of Don't recall any large Swiss men. <laughs> was so I'm sure you didn't imagine this. So anyway, we'll move on. So we beat Draw to 5 0 in Talat on Sunday and a game rearranged from Friday so Cork away on the Monday was moved to the banker because of the weather with Neil Ferrugia back with Trevor on the other side and Kenny starting with Gaffney so Kenny starting um, yeah and Richie Tell started ahead of Watts because it always seems to come down to one of those two doesn't it yeah. he'll start a game I'm liking the tree in the middle at the minute I have to say and I think Poom once again he had a brilliant game yeah, uh, he's relishing and excelling in that role with a little bit of space. He was pulling the strings in this game. He was. Although Gary O'Neill, he won't, he won't get like man of the match awards. He won't <laughs> normally doesn't get accolades, but Gary O'Neill was unbelievable in this uh, game. He was like Pirlo, just pinging balls around. He was excellent. Um, Hoop saying, Prof, you did an overseas fans article interviewing Fieldser, a friend of the show, and what's it like going to Perth Glory games? Finally got it done. Finally, but. Yeah, he's been to a few games, but he still hasn't hasn't actually seen... He hasn't seen Aaron McIniff play for either Rovers or Perth Glory, Glory in the flesh. And he lives in Perth. Yes. Oh, my God. Because he emigrated in December 2018. McIniff signed in February 2019. Did and you he, know he And he's not the, been home since. Did you know he missed the cup final? Ah, uh, we don't need to rub that in. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in, in fairness to him, McIniff was injured for like the second half of the season, so... He couldn't couldn't get to see him, but um, yeah, I I asked Fielder what it's like following Perth Glory, and he started he described the fan culture, and it was kind of apt because he was talking about how with no away fans it's not the same. So because Perth is so isolated from the rest of the country in Australia, they're the only Western club. It's mad, no? So it's too far to travel for those other teams for away fans. You don't, and he was like Fielder was saying part of the joy of football is winning and sticking it to the away fans and the timing of that article was amazing because that night in Tada the Drogheda away section empty and it was odd wasn't it it's uh, it's, it's I, I don't know I can't stand it to be honest and even like you said the Drogheda game it's just weird it's 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 not something I want to experience and I think the precinct was set with these closures mm. so and since we did our last show two weeks ago, of course, Cork were also hit with a partial uh, stadium closure. Um, although that's been moved to the Derry game now, not Ireland. But um, we had Shannon O'Grady, who was on the Tifty's Hotline, the overseas edition. She was actually home this week, so uh, she actually introduced herself at the gala. I don't know how she knew me. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Who doesn't know that, Prof? But she was at the gala and she went to the game. And you said, Gary, Tony Wilkes was there from Mexico. Tony Wilkes, yeah. His, uh, his nephew, Darren, is on the committee mm. at Francis. So having a good chat with him. And he's he was looking for a ticket. And he's home, yeah. Did One of my favourite interviews. Did you get Tony's opinion on our second choice goalkeeper, Leon Polis? That's quite a continental pronunciation, Prof. Well... I think what may be happening there is Tony, <laughs> after living in uh, Mexico for many, many years now, has developed a bit of a twang. So he describes uh, Leon Poles as Leon Polis. 
I will go with that. So that's what he said in the hotline. Yeah. So um, yeah, prof, great stuff. We've McDermott interviewing Big Al in the program, was it? Yeah, in the program. So yeah, and then Brazzer was kind of talking about Big Al in the same week, saying he actually tried to talk him into staying, um, even though he's forty-one. But the finger injury seems to have made up his mind. So there's no change in his mind. Um, so some quotes here from Brazzer. He says, The firm know. We tried to headlock him. Firm no. Tried to headlock him, but he's gone. Uh, I think the injury he's had has probably swayed him and his body is telling him that now is the time. But on another note, he hopes that 35-year-old Captain Ronan Finn will continue. Saying, I think it'll come down to Ronan thinking if he can contribute, which he has this year. Uh, we played him more than we wanted to, 20-odd games. Circumstances have dictated that. Would we want him to play? Yeah. Um, he denied that a big rebuild would be needed. He said, look at the average age. It's 27.3. For winning teams around the world, it's a bit right. the sweet spot is 26 to 28. People perceive us as an old team and have for a long time. I think they mistake experience for age. Do we need to evolve, keep refreshing it? Definitely. Loving this, loving the recent media comments from There's more to come from Brazzer, yeah. Yes, definitely. Um, um, talking about what happens beyond the potential four in a row. But on top of the game, Prof, straight in, off the bat, Gaff was motivated. Um, and Faruja as well. So Faruja out wide, whips a super ball in. Gaffney meant this. This is an assist for Gaffney. A little back header, a little deft, cushioned header. Flicked it behind him, straight into Clark. That's all you think, anyway. And Clark buries it with his left foot. No chance for young Wogan and goal. On the half body, yeah. Great finish by Clark. Great, great finish. That's and then fifth goal, so he's popped up with a few important goals. Yeah. Um, the one in Pats, wasn't it? The, definitely a goal of the season contender. I mean... The one in Pats is 100%, yeah. You probably put... I would probably put Tell and Derry ahead of it, but... Unbelievable goal that yeah. was, yeah. It was excellent. Uh, and then on the 15th minute, we had Tell coming in. And once again, Prof, this is the ball I'm talking about. Did you see oh, the ball the Dan Cleary? Cleary ball. Oh, the Dan Cleary yes. special. Yes. It's outrageous. Whips one in. Little cushion. Would you, what, would you Two it? header assists. Two describe header. it as he clipped it in. It was a bit of a clip. There wasn't too much power on it. It was accurate. It was clipped in. Little cushioned header. This two two header assists from Gaffney. And uh, tap in. Tap in for Richie Tell. Happy to take one home. And um, just before, you know, the way you chat in the stand. And I think I said to one of the lads... I think it's the Ben beside me. I said, Jesus, tell you what, Kenny needs a goal. And he just rifled <laughs> that one in to the top corner. Um, Super it, stuff it from him. better than I realised Unbelievable finish. When I watched the back, um, like, Ferrugia was running the muck here. And he sets up Kenny here. And you can see him when he scores it. He sort of tilts his head back. Like, it meant a lot to him. Yeah, yeah. He knew himself. was like, yeah, he needed that goal. Absolutely. Some unbelievable finish as well. Right into the top corner. No stopping it. So, um, game over after that. And it was just kind of a training game. You know, get well, the minutes done, get it over with. 3-0. Yeah, had were, in fairness, were missing like three uh, three of the best players. Uh, if you listen to Kevin Doherty post-match, that's all he talks about. How they're missing their best players. Um, they also looked like a team who had nothing to play for. They were poor on the day. Um, hard to believe that same team were unbeaten against us in six league matches. It was they just I think the extra Friday and the Saturday just kinda of killed them off and then the wait for the Sunday at eight PM and 
It's just they didn't turn up at all, did they? No. And the, especially because the early goal. Because if you look back in the, the beat us in Tala. And they took the lead and we equalised. And then Draper scored the, the winner. So without them having something to hang on to. Or keeping us at nil-nil. By us scoring after six minutes. Their game plan. Absolutely. Out the yeah. window. So then we had three minutes into the second half. Gareth, for real. Yeah. We'd Nadja Nudger on a half time as well. Don't forget. Young Nadge. This fella is going to be a player, puff. But we Farouja on 48 with a superb Pavard-type strike, which um, outs kind of outside of the full force time, left foot right into the corner. Um, superb yeah. Rifled it in the Rifled corner. Rifled it in, yeah, it's a great show. Um, brilliant stuff and party time, four goals in. Again, and Dan Cleary, um, like not an assist here, but if you watch back this goal, it's, it starts from his driving run. Yeah, what we pinpointed the last few weeks, yeah. saying how we love it, how he does. Um, so this is kind of the icing the cake for Kruger. He won the man the match award. Probably a few contenders, like I said, Gary O'Neill, Poom, Ferruja, all great performances, Gaffney. But um, yeah, good that Ferruja got on the score sheet, and also good that Marcus Poom got on the score sheet uh, five minutes later. Yep, absolutely. Um, so this was a header from Marcus Poom. Who got the assist for this one, actually? This was Rory Gaffney. Do you remember he kept twisting oh, and turning yes. on special, the left-hand yeah. side? Clipped the little um, ball in. I like Con on commentary. <laughs> said the crowd were ooh and an an. Yeah, yeah. Because he just kept turning back and back and just bamboozling the defender. He, he was actually ridiculous here, wasn't he? He's not, he was on. It was a man on a mission. That's the best way to say yeah. it. Man on a mission. His birthday was on Monday. He just turned 34. 34 years of age and hopefully yeah. he can keep going, Prof, because he's been... Absolutely uh, fantastic, but I think Naj had a great moment as well. He bet a couple of players, made a yeah. really good chance. Keep had to kind of lob it over the bar. I was good that that didn't end in a goal because I, I just oh he deserved the goal. He's he was so bright when he came on. Um, I love his movement. He just looks like a proper player. He's just he's he's next level. I can't wait to see him again next season. But um, Trevor injury twenty minutes to go. Prof, have we got any stats for this? Have you got any? Um, willingly going down to 10 men stats willingly well not willingly but you have to make the choice no subs left and then down to 10 yeah I know people around me are saying like, like why didn't we take Trevor off earlier and then we ended up with 10 men but for all the difference it made um, I think Drought had one chance in the game I think it was yeah. at 3-0 they actually had one very good chance yeah don't think they created much of note at 5-0 no, it was a bit of a non-event, wasn't it? We just kind of um, to the sword. Yeah, we it. had one this loud goal. You said you were impressed by some power when he came on. He looked good when he came on. He looked active, looked eager, came on. Very, very unlucky. Outrageous call for the handball. I don't I don't think it was at all. I'd love to watch it back. I don't think it was on the highlights, actually. So, um, Yeah, so we'll go with that. But yeah, so hopefully he's not too bad for Trev. Hopefully he's, uh, he's not too broke up. Yeah. And as for Colin Baz, was the last night for LOI TV, a Sligo will be on RTE, so congrats to the two lads, they've been absolutely brilliant and providing a vital service all season, so fair play to the lads. Yeah, Baz came in the summer, so thanks. Summer, well. summer sign. Thanks as well to uh, to Garth, who was there for the first half of the season, and Fade and Warren, of course, has filled in on occasion. Um, and guess who got a tour of the gantry, Gar? Who got a tour of the gantry? Man? On Sunday night, young Harry. Young Harry delighted, was he? So young Harry has aspirations to be a commentator, Gary. Absolutely, he has it in so, him. So he went up, got the tour, looked at all Khan's colour coordinated notes and his 
It's preparation. He's got that work to do. <laughs> I'll tell you. If, if Harry wants to learn, learn from the best. Con yeah, Murphy. So I'd say he was impressed with that. I'll, I'll talk to him now when we do the quiz final. Um, do you know as for the fifth goal? The, the but two two kind of great footage from the highlights. The fifth goal, one fan is swinging his shirt over his head. Yeah. And this is the first proper cold always, night. Always had it down the block. This was a cold night. So uh That's what I was brave man. Lair turned around to me and goes, He's not cold. <laughs> I didn't even look over and goes, He's never cold. <laughs> and the other one was uh, a cut to the sensory room for one of the goals and the young foot is hopping around and that would just warm your heart, yeah, wouldn't it? It was brilliant. brilliant. Um you mentioned Wogan there, the keeper. Uh picked the ball out of his net five times here. He is a promising keeper. Only is he, 18. He, is he 18, yeah? 18 years um, of age. Was it the game against Derry where you held him to the draw? Yeah. Nil-nil. He was excellent. He made some outrageous saves in that game. Um, people are asking where Nash plays. And he basically plays as a 10, doesn't he? Like, behind the forwards. Yeah. I think in in and around those lines, that danger area, the last mm. third, that's where he does his damage, you know? He runs at players. So, definitely someone to look forward to, Prof. Couple of stats. Uh, that was Fruge's goal, not against Bowes. Remember that was a quiz yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was his fourth goal. The other three were in three different Bowes games. Um, this just stat coming from the gent. I can't claim credit for this one. If Marcus Pilm were to score at Richmond on Friday, he would have scored in all five Dublin grounds this season. Oh wow! Because that was his the first gent with the stats. Gent with the stats. Because that was his first home goal. He was happy with that one. You could see him celebrating in front of the sales stand. Uh, he scored that rocket in uh, Daily Mount. Mm-hmm. He scored at Tolka. And he scored at UCD in the Leinster Senior Cup. Excellent So, stuff. one more. And you get all five Dublin grounds. Um, Gary Deegan, Gar, not the usual man, the match performance from him. No, he was... Uh, wasn't, well, no, I don't think Jada just didn't turn up at all, really. Let's be yeah. honest. Big Al could have... You know, had a cup of tea and got the slippers out. Had nothing to do. Um, half the cell stand left with about twenty minutes to go, just emptied. Were, no, were you one of them, girl? Certainly not, prof. There till the death. You know me. Is that because you were the team off? Is that because you were being filmed? You couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't afford to look like you were leaving. Yeah, imagine. No, I think. Um, Would you like to tell jo- the folks about your? I know. We, there's, there's something planned, and it's really good. It's a fan um, focused documentary coming up. And uh, it's just re- it's really really positive, and it's a good piece. There's four or five different fans involved. It's gonna be really good when it comes out. It's the same guys that did the Loud Derby recently. I think it was a twelve minute documentary. Nah, they're good. Ali and the lads, they're they're very very good. So I think it's nice to document potentially what could be a historic moment in the history of Rovers. So, and they pick goggle box. <laughs> goggle pox, bro. Mm. Um, Ultra's banner against collective punishment. So obviously that's aimed at the FAI's decision to closed down sections of grounds and they also had a very spooky wooky uh, display prop with skulls and smoke you stealing my uh, phrase yeah, yeah uh, very very cool by the way I was well into it uh, 4672 attendance so just under 5000 for a Sunday at 8 o'clock which is pretty good when you think about it because everybody's kind of Sunday night 8pm what are you doing you're tucked away sitting down maybe having a glass of wine your dinner and you're getting ready for work in the morning, so. Plus, we hadn't played a game for three weeks, so. I know. I can't understand things like that. Like, say. It's actually longer for me. It was a month for me because I missed the Shells game. Yeah. So I hadn't seen Roberts play wow. in a month. The idea of missing that game is insane to it's me. It's crazy, yeah. 
I had different mentalities though. Yeah, no, I know like it's a school night or it's a, it's a, you know Sunday night at 8pm the kids are in school on the Monday so maybe a lot of parents change their mind then but yeah I don't, like adults without kids let's say I don't understand why they would just say just not go like I know it's in my section good few empty seats like season ticket holders but um, there you go that was the attendance okay so prof up, up next we have uh, the first quiz it's Gary O'Neill and Greener. Welcome back to Questions from the East and the Podcast Quiz. I'm your quiz master, Harry Moore, and our first semi-final tie will be between Gary O'Neill and Aaron Green. Welcome, lads. Thanks, Harry. Thanks for having us, Harry. Are we feeling confident? How are the nerves? No. Yeah, same as guys. It's a little bit, uh, I don't know, a little bit of mixed emotions here. I think this one's the, the tough side of the bracket, Greener, I'll be honest. If I got Jack <laughs> Simon, I'd be... Uh, I'd be fairly confident that. All I want to know is how has Jack got to a semi-final as well? That's <laughs> what, um, we need to ask Carl. And Simon. Is it? Simon's after coming off his sponsored silence, I think. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, one of you will play Jack or Simon Power in the final. So you should know the rules by now. Aaron, you defeated Sean Kavanagh and Dylan Watts uh, en route to the semi-finals. Or... Oh no, it's opposite way around. Sorry, Gary, you defeated Sean Cavanagh and Dylan Watts. Emery to the semi-finals. Greener, you knocked out uh, D- Dan Cleary and Marcus Poom to get here. Uh, it's one point for every correct answer and first to five points wins. There's a mix of football and general knowledge questions and of course, steals are allowed. Yep. The profit here is always to keep time and keep score. You have 20 seconds to give us your answer. So here's your tiebreaker question. In case there's a draw in the end, whoever gets it right or whoever is the closest to the number gets to go first as well. So, Gary, you'll tell us your answer. Then we'll hear from Aaron. Yeah. So the question is, what was the attendance figure of the 2019 FAI Cup final? And we want all six digits here, please. So it's going to be hard. I actually genuinely have no idea. I'm going to go with 37,642. Okay. Uh, Aaron, over to you. 45,000. 172. 45, 45. I'm going to go 35. Oh. Okay. So the record actually might be broken this year with Pats via Bows. Um yeah. I think the there's already been twenty five plus thousand tickets sold, which is good to see. But Aaron, you're gonna start the quiz, okay? So you're yeah. both ready. Yeah. Yeah, ready to go, Harry, yeah. All right. Aaron, which first division club won the two thousand and nine FAI Cup final at Tallah Stadium? Spartan Fingal. That is correct. Well done, Aaron. You're off to a good start here. 1-0 greener. Okay, Gary? I knew that one as well, greener. That tiebreaker could be huge. I knew that one. <laughs> Finna's right in my roommate, like so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Gary, this one's for you. Yeah. Which teams will contest this year's Women's FAI Cup final? Shelburne. I don't know who won the other one. Shelburne and 
Athlone. That is yeah. correct. Well done, Gary. You won one. Well done, Gary. Thanks All right. Me. Two out of two. And this one's for you now, Aaron. Chance to make a 2-1 here. Which Rocky film is the first to feature <sighs> Ivan Drago? This man knows movies, isn't he? I'm going to say... <laughs> Rocky, it's either four. Uh, Rocky three, I'm gonna say. That is incorrect, Greener. It's over to you, Gary. <laughs> I've never seen one before. I gotta go with Rocky four. Oh, it's you. <laughs> that is correct. Well done, uh, Thanks, Gary. Nice if he dies, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> That's dying, Cleary. Dan Cleary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that oh. what you always call him Ivan Drago Ivan Drago yeah <laughs> <laughs> never seen it um, okay Gary you can make this 3-1 here yeah. oh. who was James Bond immediately uh, before Daniel Craig never don't watch them I've only ever seen the recent one so it's going to be a wild guess I'm going to say Pierce Brosnan that is correct Gary it's 3-1 you're in the lead here. Two goal difference. Here, oh, yeah. and, uh, he and he doesn't watch films, he says. Look. He's <laughs> <laughs> a Kerry man, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Aaron, you need to get this now. Which former Italian striker was nicknamed the Divine Ponytail? Divine Ponytail. Gary Parsons will be annoyed at you now, Greener, if you don't get this. Divine Ponytail. I'm going to say Ravinelli. That is incorrect, Greener. Over to you, Gary. I don't think I know this, but I think it could be, could be Gabriel Batistuda. That is incorrect. It's Roberto Baggio. Okay. Uh, Gary, this is for you, though. You can make it 4-1 and run away with it. Okay. So before Jude Bellingham... Five British players had signed for Real Madrid since 1999. Can you name four of them? British. Yeah, had signed for Real. Uh, oh, sorry, since 1999. Mike Long. Can you name four of them? John Tavoget. Gareth Bale. David Beckham. And one more. Sorry, I didn't hit the first one, I don't think, actually. What did I say was the first one? Yeah, you got them all to be. Yeah, there. you got four there, Gary. Yeah. Right. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, point, Gary. Point to four you, Gary. One. Four one. Aaron, if you don't get this correct and Gary steals, it's over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Aaron, how many feet are there in 12 yards? You both don't look like you know this. Six. That is incorrect, Greener. Over to you, Gary. I'm going to say eight. That is also incorrect. It's 36. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're about far off from that, that one. But, Gary, um, if you uh, get this correct, you've won, okay? Yeah, yeah. Tenerife is part of which island group? Canary Islands. That is correct. 
Oh my god, Gary! You <laughs> Big said that one, Harry. No, I won. The the rocky one got me. That's that's the one that killed me. I'm yeah, surprised you, Green. I thought you had, would have known that rocky one. So am I. Yep. I knew it was either three or four. But here, no. Wow. guys, so, well done, buds. Yeah. Gary, you're into the final of questions from the East End, where you'll face Jack Byrne or Simon Power. Yeah. Very yeah. play to you. That was so going. Thanks, Harry. Like Come I don't think there was a Gary question. There was one question there that um, both of you didn't get correct. And how many did we have? We had about eight there, I think. The Baggio one, was it? The Italian? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I went with Ravinelli. He's bleeding. Got no idea. <laughs> That's got a skinhead. He's a skinhead. That's <laughs> actually doing a bit of a The fella has a Chris McCann haircut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. No, well okay, unlucky greener. Gary, you're into the final now. The, the, the Jack Byrne Aaron Green final dream is dead yeah. sorry, to, sorry to squash the dreams that's gone with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. if Jack gets to the final it's an absolute if the only way he'd get to a final is because it's on Zoom to be honest the fellas probably cheating there probably, like, <laughs> probably like Johnny and Darren the, there, final will be at, <laughs> the final will be at Roadstone Aaron before training so if you want to get in there and oh, cheer yeah, Gary I'll definitely on be and... in the mix of that. just hope hopefully I've got beaten by the winner you know that's all you want to see Hopefully it's yeah. me and Jack because if it's me and Simon, I don't think anyone will tune in. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. There's going to be COVID up in Roadstone. No one's going to That's a good point. Well, Jack would beat Simon. Don't tell Simon that though. No. <laughs> I just think Jack's football knowledge is second to none and his general knowledge is even good too. So Yeah, he's a clever boy, yeah. But clever. Simon Power did come from 4-0 down to beat Gideon Tete 5-4. Ah, you bet Greenberg. Gideon so. fell asleep though. Come on, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Gideon fell asleep. He's that laid back. Carl, that must be your lowest viewed episode of all time, is it? Ah. Gideon versus Simon. Oh, people, people enjoyed that one. It was great. People like a good comeback, so they like yeah. that one. I wonder which one it was. Oh, uh, Johnny Kenny, if he didn't watch, definitely would have wouldn't have been um a standout one. What he was alright when I played him though last round, he was good. Or... Uh, Gary, you would have wanted to have seen him against them. <laughs> Who did? It was Johnny Kenny v Dylan Watts, I think. And it took, I had to ask nine or 10 questions before one of them got one correct. No, it was more than that, Harry. It was about 17 questions. <laughs> <laughs> None of them could get any. Uh, All right, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, well, anyway, thanks, Harry, for hosting all this year, but you've been brilliant. Thank you, Greener. I uh, mean, that fair play to you, bud. Boy, you're uh, doing what you're doing is brilliant. So I'm sure guys will play the same. They're able to ask first team players uh, and the questions, how you do it is brilliant. So well yeah. done. Will you be in Roadstone for the final? I will be. I'll be hosting it, Aaron. Uh, I was going to say, because Carl Yikesley likes to take everything. He comes up like the great <laughs> showman with the big suit on. So it's great to see that you're going to be there. Um, between Jack Byrne and Rory Gaffney, I had me yellow and red cards out, so I might have to bring them over to Roadstone if um gets any feisty. Yeah, well, it won't be feisty. <laughs> Your pillow fight up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, if, Jack, if Jack's not in the final, you could get a bit of heckling, but um, no, nah, it will be a good final regardless. It'd be good it. though, Jack v Gary though. That'd be yeah, I like that now. Yeah, that's what I want though. Be good. Yeah, I think guys would have them though. I'm just uh, I'm not all the time we come in and say oh boys if you watch this and guys obviously like, no I'm not 
He's, he's, he's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guarantee if you even put the year of that Rocky film in, he probably would have got it right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never seen a Rocky movie, I promise you. Really? Do you, do you watch, watch movies, Gary? No, generally, Harry, I never watch movies, but I, sw- I, I mean that. Oh, uh, come on. No, I'm sorry, night, right. a bit of popcorn. YouTube, that's what I watch. <laughs> yeah. Trying to perfect yeah. my golf swing. All right, <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, lads. Thanks a million and best of luck for the rest of the season and I'll see you in Roadstone for the final. Thanks, Harry. Take care, boys. Thank Thanks, you, lads. Thanks. See you later. Well yeah, done, guys. See you again. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, Prophet Tonkin. Very one-sided affair, this one. Um, not on form at all. My tip for the trophy, Aaron Green, has been eliminated. He just didn't turn up. No, just didn't turn up at all. Unfortunately, uh, but Gary O'Neill with the knowledge. The Rocky question. That was I say Greener's disgusted with himself. How 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 do they not know it? I don't get it. And Greener just guessed or uh, the, the, the ponytail. Gary just guessed. The ponytail thing needs to stop. <laughs> there is another ponytail question in the second semi final, Gary. So we have one more chance. They better Will a player get the ponytail question? Oh my god. But I can't believe Aaron Green is ill. So Gary, that means Gary O'Neill is now the man who beat the man who beat the man who beat the defending champion, Pico Lopez. I know he's into the final prof. He's got a day out. He's got a day yeah. out. But who will he face? That's the thing. Will he face Simon Power? Or Jack Byrne. Find oh, out later on. Find out later on. So Galway are back and they lifted their first division trophy. So good to see them and a good away day back next year, prof. Um yeah, and you're about to hear a lot of quotes from Brazzer now. Um, far more positive ones than we have been hearing the last couple of weeks. Um, because originally he had distanced himself from the Lincoln job after Mark Kennedy's departure. And the odds were a bit ominous, weren't they? They had Tom Shaw 4-7, Brazzer 2-1. Yeah. Next Lincoln manager. But then, post-match, uh, Brazzer um, starts saying a lot more positive things about staying on beyond this season and unprompted starts talking about relationship with John Giles which was fascinating which so. was a the secretest entry I yeah. imagine I mean it was brilliant so here we go so Brazzer I've got a feeling of a lot of people around not just the club but around that there's a magic number of four and then we just walk off into the sunset that has never been my thought process why five six we spoke to Mick Bourne Pat Bourne and Milltown really heard them at the time they lost six players to Derry and Derry went on and were successful but they feel they could have gone and done five or six or seven why can't we the group is in a really good place we keep evolving but people talk about four as if it's the off you go Thanks very much. We want a seat at the top table with them and we want our own table. One of the first things we did was meet the four in a row team. The majority of them and tried to bring them into the team as much as possible. They've been unbelievable in support and they've given us in terms of talking to us as staff and the players. It's really important that the players were aware of what they did, how they did it and in regard they're held to this day because of that. I think it is important that you really sense and get a feel for that. We only had Mick Bourne up on Thursday and we had a good chat with them as a group. It was brilliant what we got out of it. We've embraced that from day one. It has always been our aim to go and join them and hopefully beat them eventually. That has always been our aim. Embrace it, bring it into the group and understand it rather than hide away from it. They've been feeding that in for quite some time and it's been nice having a chat with Mick on Thursday. Mick, to be fair, said that they're in a really good place. The players, he just got a feeling off them. There was no nervous tension around. They were good. But like I said, that's been really important for us. We can't thank them enough. We need one more way to join them. But we can't thank them enough so far for what they've done for us. 
So, um, brilliant from our management team as well, bringing in these guys who've done it, who've been through it. Yeah. And you know what I love there? I love that Mick was able to comment on the aura and the, the mentality around the dressing room to go in and say, these are all right. I like There's that no he, nervousness. Yeah. He knows. He's been there. He's been in the dressing room for years. He knows. And uh, He's been through these little run-ins where you're on the cusp of the title. And I mentioned Sporting Fingal earlier on. I mean, just like that, that game, the whole title race turned. And Bowes were in pole position. And it was out of our hands. Yeah. Now, we're in a much stronger position at the moment. <clears throat> but I love that observation by Mick. That the pairs weren't nervous or tense. Very, we had we actually had a good five minute conversation about uh, red wine as well at the table, prof. The culture was flowing out of our pores. Bit of culture with you and McBurn. Bit of culture with me, McBurn. Any bit of culture with you and John Giles over food? Mm. Yeah, no, Johnny Giles. Um, I was a bit starstruck to be honest. What am I going to say? All right, John. How about that football, eh? All right, Johnny. No idea. So I'd I shook his hand. I hadn't a clue what to say to him. I was just like, yeah, "Pleasure to meet you, Johnny Giles." Yeah, that's I guess. pretty much what it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll move on with these quotes anyway. But like I said, they've been really important for us. We can't thank them enough. We need one more win to join them, but we can't thank them enough so far what they've done for us. So great piece by McDara on extra time as Brad's spoke about his future and his relationship with John Giles in the post-match with all the media. Now this one was superb. I think we've had real clarity the last couple of weeks and I'm looking to move forward. That's the plan. Real clarity in terms of where the club want to go. It's allowed me to talk to the players and give them real clarity on their situation. I think the situation will sort itself out the next few weeks. Like I said, I love this club. Everything about it, the fans, what they've done for me and my family. All is not lost on me and it never will be. And then the Johnny Giles uh, piece. Bradley, ex- Bradley explained that the Rovers independent chairman, Kieran Medlar, facilitated a meeting between Bradley and Giles back in 2020 and the pair have built a working and personal relationship since then. First meeting went from a planned 60-minute chat to a three-hour discussion across numerous cups of tea. He says, I'm lucky that for maybe the last three years I've been meeting John quite regularly for chats. Watches all of our games and he gives me feedback on them. He watches all of our games and gives me feedback. We were winning games and he had a go at me. He said, you weren't good. I know he thought, fucking hell, John. I watched it back and he was right. Bradley was named Hoops head coach back in 2016 when he was 32 years old and Joyce became the player manager at West Brom when he was 34 years old. It's an area we definitely hit it off in. He could relate to my age and he did what I did. That definitely had real relevance in our conversations. And a Canadian... Inve- oh, yeah, so that was... Um, the. I'd, I'd love to... like. I mean, at one stage we were sitting there and we just saw McPhail, Bradzer and Giles in front of us and you got a snap and yeah. it really went down well on Twitter. It's just class. You'd love, like, we were trying to listen in but obviously there's a lot going on around but it was excellent stuff, bro. To be a fly in the wall for that one, Gar. Giles yeah. um, is hoping to be at the last home game against Sligo so he could be a guest of honour and nice little detail as well um, from that interview. Giles gave little Josh his first ever Irish jersey and Bradzer said the weight of it yeah, yeah, you fell been, over. Would, yeah, it would have been those real thick cotton yeah. back in the days. Yeah. Um, Eamon queried, is Giles the manager? Because remember, Bradzer was here at the end of 2020 when he won the first of the potential four in a row. Mm. And he said that he's in touch with someone almost every day and he's the most important person he talks to. And he's a big influence on him. And you said, is he French? <laughs> because we assumed it was Arsene Wenger and he said no. Uh, we never. He didn't want to tell us who that was. Eamon is suggesting could that be Giles? Oh. He thought it was Brendan Rodgers, which 
will be the logical choice. I think it is. I think it's right. I think it right could be Rogers or it could be Graham Barrett, maybe. I'd say it's Josie. Graham Barrett. Either way. Decent career in the game. Or, um, but Giles, they're saying this relationship only began <coughs> in 2020. Whereas I think Brazzer was speaking about relationship that went back further. Maybe so, yeah. So I don't think it's Charles, but there you go. Well, Prof, moving on. A Canadian investment firm is to buy firm is to buy League of Ireland Club with former Ireland International CEO. So Tricorps Pacific Capital. Could you sound more corporate? Tricorps. Could you literally? You couldn't sound more corporate than that. It'll take charge of Treaty United, making Kieran McCormick as the first game's female chief executive. So moving forward for Treaty. Yeah, that was reported by. David Snaid, or Snaidy, as literally no one has ever called him, except Johnny Ward. <laughs> uh, we also had Drada, Ger. Um, Trivetta, is that how you pronounce it? Trivetta Group. Yep. There's all sorts going on, Prof. There's all sorts of uh, well, takeovers coming. Yeah, like I understand Galway, because as we say, Galway are back. It's our they've f- got Galway men behind them. It's they've their favourite away trip. Yeah. Galway City is one of the best in the country. Well, I don't understand the investment in these unfashionable clubs. Like Drada. Um, I, I genuinely, I Limerick's, think... Limerick's a good city, so I, I can kind of see in that one. They're looking at the rise of popularity in football. They're probably looking... They probably they obviously have data and what they're going, going on. And they're looking at the rise mm. and the tendencies and they're thinking, we could probably make this sustainable and a little bit better. And to be honest, when they look at it and they come in and they see the state of Irish football, infrastructure-wise, and probably a lot more... They're probably thinking that we can only make this better. Do you know what I mean? Do they also look at a timeline? As in, they well, they talked about. Did you, if you listen back to it from the Canadian uh, group, they spoke about being there for twenty years. Yeah, no, I was going to mention that. Um, like they laid out their the boat owners laid out their lofty ambitions. Um, lofty. So the Drahada ones were saying they're talking about full time professionalism. And they're willing to wait a decade to turn profit. And as you said, the treaty owners, they're from Vancouver. And uh, the name of their managing director is Boycott. So in, ca- in, in case things go wrong, the newspaper puns have already, it's all in place. Boycott, now. boycott. It's all in place. It's all, we're, all, we're ready to go. But yeah, like you say, they're talking about staying for 20 years. So they're saying the right things. Um, but a treaty have to come up and then get in Europe where I suppose Drogheda are like are established in the Premier Division a couple of seasons and really you invest in Drogheda and you can just be like Shelburne you can be on the verge of the top four place yeah that's faster I the vibe that I got from that interview on from, from the Canadian gents is that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure they know what they're getting themselves into they were involved with NGOs and non-profits. They saw that football is the most popular sport in the world and they're getting involved. But it'd be interesting to see. I'm all for it. I'm all, like, we're yeah. all for this. We just want the money stays in the game. You I'm know? just fascinated by anybody who thinks they can make a profit on League of Ireland Club. That isn't Rovers. Yeah, I know. It's We're not going into that rabbit hole. <laughs> so the international break, Marcus Poom started Estonia's game against Azerbaijan. So he's racking up the caps now as well, Prof. Could he overtake Pico? We're going to talk about now another 90 minutes under the belt against Benrama and Mares and Pico is just there has to be a book he'll write a book eventually Prof there you go 
There's your retirement fund sorted already. Ghostwriting Pico's autobiography. Oh my god, there's a task. Yeah. I don't have enough on my plate already. But uh, like we said last week, uh, that was Pico's 21st senior international cap. All earned while at Rovers. Yep, so he overtook the record of 20 by Frank O'Neill. Unbelievable. And I met Pico at the women's match. Does he know how significant this is? Like, I tried to say to him, I was like, congratulations you know, on the record. I'm not sure it's it's sinking in with him yet, but I met him at the women's match and I was like, I was like, yeah, I wanted to check with you because you would know best. Yeah. And then he, he actually did know best. And then he goes to me. And like, it was like, no, Carol, I trust you. I trust you to know these things. I was like, no, no, no. It's your caps. You you know these things. Just go home and count them. There's yeah. one cap. Two. So uh, Liam Scales, first two caps as well for Ireland versus Greece and Georgia. So good uh, week and for hoops and international appearances, prof. So good old Liam Scales. And the weekend of the 14th, the 15th, underage results, the 15th won 5-2 in Cork. 14s won their cup semi 2-1 away to Shelbourne and last weekend forced the men's teams who were all at home 19s beat UCD 3-2 thanks to a Conan Noonan brace 17s were beating 2-1 against Derry and the 15s beat Shelbourne 1-0 so flying at the Roadstone Prof and congratulations to the women's under 19 squad and coaches who are crowned league champs today 4-1 win at Shells fantastic achievement so yep. brilliant brilliant stuff they were coached by Wayne Ashbrook and Barry Scullion and uh, one, lads. one of the coaches tweeted their record which is uh, very impressive it's 18 wins 2 draws no defeats scored 62 conceded 14 some unbelievable records there prof um, the women's 17s lost 5-1 away to Shells unfortunately and we should add um, there as well actually that the, the 19s Shannon Cody yeah she bagged a brace in that game is this any relation to John? no uh, she was asked that so in that 4-1 win she scored a brace so she ends the season with 31 league goals making her the top scorer in under 19 in the 30 mark in any division. season is brilliant isn't it it just has a nice ring to it 30 odd goals 4 cup finals prof this is a big one we want to push huge now unfortunately only one of them is in Dublin it's and one of them the, is in Galway while we're in Cork yeah little, re- little reroute prof or can we can we head down a little detour. So four cup finals for underage teams this weekend. 17th of Shelbourne and Talla. So 17th of Shelbourne and Talla. That's the game you'd want to be getting to. If you can't make it down the country, of course. And the other three are neutral venues. So the 19th in Galway, 15th and the 14th about playing the Pats. And at Lone, so huge, huge weekend for the Roadstone Prof. Massive. Massive, the Roadstone Project. Um, the academy just churning out. Uh, fantastic prospects. And the 17th final Saturday is Talla Stadium. So support the young lads. 17's final on Saturday lads it's in talent get yourselves down there's so much talent in this team including players with international claps including James Roach Richard Volo Sean Moore Jack Gellis Darren Marshall Danny Mayer Prof international future internationals get on down yep. check them out I remember going to I'm trying to think what age it was I think it might have been 17's I think it was a Robbers under 17's final against Bowes in Talla this years ago, and we, we, went. we went to and Gavin Bazuna was in goal. Oh yeah, they won, they won, didn't they? I think they lost. I'm thinking of one years ago where I'm thinking of one long, long time ago where they played Bowes in 2010. I think they lost as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, so that is it. But prop up next, it's getting quizzy. We've Simon versus Jack. Welcome back to questions from the East and the podcast quiz. I'm your quiz master, Harry Moore, and our second semi-final tie is between Simon Power and Jack Byrne. Welcome, lads. 
How are you, bud? Very. So, how are we feeling? We're in semi-finals now. You lose or out, win, you're into the final. I'm looking forward to it. Very confident, I have to say. <laughs> if you gave the same questions last round, then I'll be laughing. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> up against Einstein, am I? Let's be honest about it. What's <laughs> well, yeah, fair, Jack? Much program. <laughs> to be fair, Jack, he came from four 0 down to beat uh, Gideon Tete five four. So, well, that's now achievement. I've shared a dressing room with Gideon for the yeah. last two or three years. That's now achievement. <laughs> yeah, well, why'd you have to bring that up? That's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so you should know the rules by now. Simon, you defeated uh, Gideon Tete and Graham Burke on the road to the semis. Jack, you knocked out Rory Gaffney and Lee Grace to get here. You <laughs> shouldn't be here, should I? Gideon and Bobby get into the semis, will you? Stop. <laughs> it was, what was the score? 5 3, Simon? I think you yeah. won. It wouldn't be Bobby. Oh, not even six questions. Berkey was like Berkey was like three one up, I think, and he lost five three. Nah, I was just teased with him. You know what I mean? Getting his confidence up. The hamster's running. Oh my god! Um, Some leader to the final. Um, it's one point for every correct answer, and first to five points wins. Which is a mix of football and general knowledge questions, and of course, steals are allowed. The profit here is always to keep time and keep score. You have 20 seconds to give us your answer. So here's your tiebreaker question in case there's a draw in the end. Whoever gets it right or whoever is the closest to the number gets to go first as well. Simon, you tell us your answer, then we'll hear from Jack. Okay, so the question is, how many red cards have Rovers been shown this season? Oh, Jesus. So in the first few weeks, there's about four. Um, I'm gonna go five. Okay, Jack, over to you. Four. You're both incorrect, but Simon, you're closest to the answer. It's eight. What? We have had eight players sent off this season. I know it's a bit mad. Ah. Hey, um, but yeah. Okay, Simon, you're, you'll start the quiz. So are we both ready? Yep. Oh. Okay. Right, Simon, this one's for you. Who scored Ireland's winning penalty in the 1990 World Cup penalty shootout win over Romania? Ah, oh, Jesus. 1990, I wasn't around back then. That's what we're up against, honestly. This is what we're up against. <laughs> I know he knows as well. Wow. <laughs> 1990. Um. Nah, I don't know. I'm going to have to pass. <laughs> no answer. Oh, come on, son. Nah. Jesus Christ. Hi, Jack. Did I watch Raylan in the air, so no? Nah, not a bit I think I've even watched that, Simon. Yes. <laughs> I've gone blank. Uh, can I steal? Yeah. David O'Leary. That is correct. Well done, Jack. 1-0. <laughs> Thank you. Good hard answer. One. Hard start, that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jack, this is to make it 2-0. Another uh, Republic of Ireland question. Who is the second highest goal scorer of the Ireland international team on 21 goals behind Robbie Keane? Shane Long. That is incorrect. Jack, ah. over to you, Simon. Fucking hell. Uh, 
Damien Duff? That's also incorrect. It's Niall Quinn. I knew it was Niall Quinn. I should have thought <laughs> uh, Okay, uh, Simon, this one's for you. What, so you what can does Shane Long have? What does Shane Long have for him? He I actually don't know. He's probably somewhere in that list, definitely. Probably 10 or something like that. Um. Okay, Simon. Terrible. Uh, which band was Stevie Nicks part of? Who? <laughs> uh, which band was Stevie Nicks part of? Having a Scooby. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Stevie Nicks. Yeah, you're on the clock, Simon. So, three more seconds. I don't know. We'll go Oasis. That is nice. <laughs> Bit of a wild Jesus. guess there, Simon. Over to you, Jack. Fleetwood Mike. That is correct. Oh, yes. Well done, Jack. Two, Easy, one. Easy. That's a really good guess. Both you questions. can make a true one here. Uh, name all four members of the Beatles, and we will accept first names. Uh, you have to get this, Jack. Even I know the four members. Ringo, Paul McCartney, John Lennon. George. That is correct. Well done, Jack. 3-1. You're off to a good start here now. Ah, 3-0. You can come back. Um, Which former Italian striker was nicknamed the Divine Ponytail? Um, Was it Baggio? That is correct. Well done, Simon. We've asked that question a couple of times now. No one's gotten it. That's good, Luke. I wasn't Um, expecting you to get that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jack, football question here. Which English team is nicknamed the Badgies? Badgies, Baggies. Baggies, an English team. That is correct. Well done, Jack. Is this 4 1? 4 1, yeah. God. Simon, you need to get this one out. Come back, King, again. Can he do it again? What kind of creature is an anchovy? An anchovy? Yeah. What kind of creature is it? Um, Do you know this, Jack? Are you ready to steal? I think, yeah. Logically. Fish? That is correct. Well done, uh, Simon. Let's go. Hey, I'm going to eat them now. Little posh restaurant, have a little anchovy. <laughs> nah, never, bro. Not then this part. We're too used to being out in the happy pair. I, I was thinking of an insect. I was about to say an insect for a second. <laughs> 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 classic <laughs> <laughs> okay um, Jack you can win it here so this one's for you <coughs> which on. animal organs are used to make haggis uh, which animal organs haggis is uh, I think it's kidney is it I'm sorry, that is incorrect, Jack. Over to you, Simon. animal we're looking for here. Is it more than one? Uh, no, you just have to name the answer. There's no, it's just one. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure it's liver. No. <laughs> the question was what? Ah, that's that's incorrect. The question was what it's animal, which... lads? <laughs> yeah, it's, that's incorrect. <laughs> yeah, and um, the answer is sheep. 
Which oh, animal no organ? Oh, didn't matter. <laughs> go on. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, got it wrong. Um, Simon, this one's for you now. Chance to make a 4-3. Who was Shamrock Rovers manager prior to Stephen Bradley? Um, prior to Stephen Bradley. So 20 seconds. Was it Stephen Rice? That is incorrect. I'm sorry, Simon. Over to you, Jack. Uh, here we go. Game set and match. Was it Pat Fenlon? Jack, you're into the final of questions from the East End. Uh, well done. You've got it correct. Yeah, he's uh, I've had a shocker. Simon Stephen, Rice, <laughs> Simon, Stephen Rice played for overs. He's never managed them. He's managed the uh, underage teams, not the senior team. And he never will. <laughs> I'm only messing fair play, fair play, Jack. Deserve it, Good man. man. I enjoyed yeah, well that. Done, Jack. Unlucky, mate. Unlucky. <laughs> you are close. <laughs> what, what did it finish in the end? 5 3. 5 2 was, yeah. Are you five sure it wasn't 5 3? <laughs> got 5 2 here. Give me some. <laughs> ah, Jack, do you know who you're going to play in the final? I don't think it really matters at the moment because I'm on smoke. <laughs> I'm getting fishing questions right and all sorts of. <laughs> well, it's, Honestly, well, I don't think it matters. You're going to play Gary O'Neill in the final. He bet Aaron Green 5 1. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. I only asked about eight or nine questions and it was done already. He was on yeah, fire, Gary. Yeah, so that'll be a good game. Test. It will be, that'll yeah. That'll be a good Can't game. Well, I think, every, I think everyone will, will agree I deserve to be in the final, but I haven't really faced much competition, have I? Let me ask about it. All right, last year, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, a brainiac myself now, but I haven't really faced much competition, have I, sorry? Yeah, see you later, lads. <laughs> Jack, nice. you, you've absolutely swaggered into the final. Thank yeah, you. I appreciate it. Don't McGregor walk all the way into the final. <laughs> so Simon officially in the good books with me. He's been doing his research. Well, yeah, he got the uh, the Roberto Baggio ponytail question right, but he also believed that Stephen Nicks was in Oasis. I take it back <laughs> Stevie yeah. Nicks in Oasis that is gonna go down like a lead balloon wow <laughs> um, so as bad as Simon's answers were Jack Byrne for me that puts it beyond all doubt at the start I thought as Jack made his way through the rounds I thought uh, is he getting easy questions here but that that establishes it for me Jack Byrne has earned his place in the final He's nailed in the general knowledge questions now. Like, he's knocking them out of the park. He swaggered to the final. Oh, yeah. Swaggered. Proper. Swaggered in. So, um, yeah, this final will be Gary O'Neill versus Jack. So, Prof, slobber knocker coming up. That's a good final. It is a good final. Very, very good final. So, we will move on, Prof. But it's up next. It's Stan Levens and predictions. <laughs> So, certain levels of predictions, we have Jaden's 11 in this week. And um, he's going with Manus Grace Pico. Are these all clearly. randomly selected? Yeah, um, I just I say to me, children. You, just keep, you keep protecting your children. Yeah. So you, you over there, picking 11. Okay. So, Grace Pico, Cleary, Faruja, Clark on the wings, went down a tree. And the trio of Poom, Towell and Gary O'Neill. With Bork returning from suspension mm-hmm. and Gaff. Pulling strings as usual. 
I saw somebody ask was the the draw at 11 our best 11 and then they, they'd forgotten uh, Graham Burke um, how can you forget Berkey? Exactly. Um, so a potential game changer. So yeah, Kenny got his got a great goal on Sunday. Unbelievable finish! Very, but, very hard to drop him. I'd be happy. But um, I would bring Graham Burke back in as well. Remember, yeah. remember he scored against Pats here. I think it was was it the COVID season. Ah, uh, absolutely. Uh, remember he went over and he shushed Brian Kerr. Yeah, I think he got in trouble for that. Richmond Park, yeah. Um, yeah. I would say that. That is our best eleven at the moment. Yeah. Um. Obviously, without Jack Byrne. So, hard to argue with that eleven. Um. Does Jaden have a prediction? Squeaky one nil with a gaff goal. Squeaky one nil. And prof, we are going nowhere near this core game. Pat's force. That's it. Not even predicting. <laughs> can't get by it. I can't nerves. Well, how can you predict it? Because <sighs> you can't. We'll either have won the league or not won the league. So, so there you go. there's no way to even talk about Absolutely it. Absolutely um, not a chance. I'll say a two-one win. Um, I'll say a gaff goal as well, and I'll say I'll say Poom. Just since I said the stat about the five Dublin grounds, I'll say Marcus Poom to score uh, an 86th minute winner. To win the league two one, and the hoops are champions. Ooh, no prof. So, um, yeah, prof, hit us with the stats. Well, yeah, the draw of the game was our eighth consecutive home league win, and it's quite funny if you look at our home and away form. Do you remember I called the horrendous away stats after we were held with scarlet straw? Yeah, I used to do. So, <laughs> we've won every tad of domestic home. Game since June second, yeah, and we haven't won any away game in any competition since June fifth. Jesus, so it really is the the difference between home and away. So eight consecutive home league wins. We did do that from two thousand six two thousand seven. So the first division into two thousand seven, <laughs> but it's the best run in the top flight. Since the RDS era, 1993. This is our Bro. best run. Horse show house. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like I said a few weeks ago, the away stats, nine without a win away from home. The worst since 2008, 2009. If we failed to win in Cork, 10 would be the worst since 1992. It's six in the league, and if we made a seven, that would equal a Tyler era record. Um. Yeah, Sligo were beaten by Pats on Monday night. And maybe a little known fact at this stage, but Sligo nailed Derry nil on a Monday night. Actually clinched the league for his last season. Where were we when we when we won it? It's just at home, weren't we? I, I remember where I was. I was waiting to interview Con Murphy and Graham Gartland. Mm. And then we started the Zoom call and it was just like, well, we're champions. Yeah, we're champions now. Yeah, yeah, it's not the same, is it? It's not the same. So, in terms of um, where we've won leagues in the past, um, as everyone knows, the famous Knights 2010, Bray 2011, UCD. And Just on that one, Bray, sorry to interrupt Johnny Ward style prof, but Twiggy talking about Have you Bray. read Cody Book? <laughs> Twiggy talking about Bray the Gala was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. Ooh, so, that boy, Shawsey. Yeah, Shawzy missed a chance. Can't <laughs> wait for Shawzy to hear that. I love that you brought that up. Yeah, the boy, he the called, boy Shawzy played for Rovers. Sorry about me Jamaican accent there. 
He called that his most important goal. Um, I, thought, I still remember it because I think that's the most Twiggy goal ever. It was so close. There was a lot of dribbling involved. I'm nearly sure I remember him dribbling right to the boy. It was a tight angle. And I was just looking, and I remember, I think we were down in line with it nearly, and it was just brilliant. Just really, really good memory of it. Yeah. So, yeah. I still don't remember the shots he missed, by the way. I'm going to have to look back. No. I don't remember it at all. I do. I I blame Forky for that. Call him Christmas tree. tree. Yeah, so Bray 2010, UCD 2011. Um. 2020, the first COVID season. Uh, do you remember Finn Harps won us that league at Daddy Mount? Yeah. They won 2-0. Oh, man. And then the following year, we clinched it at home to Finn Harps. So that was the first time we actually clinched the league in Tala. And then 2022, like I said, there you found the win at the showgrounds that won us the league. Um, so this year, hopefully we'll win it at Richmond Park. Whoa. If not, Monday at Turner's Cross... Um, all four of the four in a row interesting stuff were clinched at Milltown oh my god um, other Dublin grounds that's brilliant actually I like that yeah other Dublin grounds that we won to clinch the league at um, so like I said UCD 2011 RDS 94 um, the last one before that would have been Daily Mount aside from Milltown that is Daily Mount 1964 but that was actually a home fixture Against Undock. For some reason it was moved from Milldown. Uh, we, we won it at Daily Mount in 1927 by beating Bowes to clinch it. But we've never won it away to Pats, Shelburne or even St. James's Gate or Drumcondra. So we never won the league away to any of those other big Dublin clubs. Never won away to any of the car clubs aside from, of course, Cove Ramblers, 2006 First Division. Um, in terms of leagues won at Pats um, Pats won won the league themselves on their own ground in 2013 Shelburne won away to Richmond Park to clinch the 2004 title and the last time it was won at Cork was that was a, uh, Shel- that was a Shuey Bourne I'm angry 2000, I think that was 2006 ok ok the last time title was won at Torrance Cross was 2005 when they won themselves to be Derry the last day so yeah there you go that's prof with the stats and Cork's partial stadium closer of three sections of the ground will impose for the game with Derry now not ours so we have all uh, 750 tickets sold I think there's more being released prof it's going to be party time in Cork Monday banger what else would you be Um, the quiz final prediction prof who are you going for I'm going to go for Jack no offence to Gar he's just swaggering about man he's just doing that at ease He's doing it like what he does in the pitch. So I think he's going to bring that form into the final and he's just going to swagger about. And Well, if you recall, this was a long time ago now. It's actually four years ago that we had a quiz final. But if you recall what we did for Joey O'Brien versus Dave McAllister. Oh, sorry, Joey O'Brien versus Pigo Lopez. I think we did the same for the McAllister final. The players basically sealed their own fate. So what I had was I had little pieces of paper in front of them with topics. Right. So it's totally random and they're picking their own topics. So if they choose maths or or geography or whatever else, they've picked it. They get it wrong. It's on them. I don't want to blame. Yeah, but they themselves. give out every time though. Don't don't cave to the pressure. <laughs> yeah. They give out about everything. You give them yeah. a handy when they give out about everything. No, it's like the ref. It's like they're crowding the ref. They're like, hey, hey, prof, prof, prof. <laughs> 
I know, but adds a bit of spice to it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're hoping to do that in person. Um, we were hoping to do that on the bank holiday Monday. That's after, that's after scuppering our plans now, yeah. that court game. So Jack is obviously injured as well. So we might have he's, to take reco- a little stroll out to the beach. He's recovering post-op, so might have to head out Northside gear. <laughs> um, now, it depends where it's... Do you think home advantage could play a part here? Like, if, it, if we held this in Kerry... <laughs> yeah. home advantage Up home turn if we go to Jack's neck of the woods no you know, we can't. We have to go neutral he's Bucky's favourite yeah we gotta go neutral we can't it's gonna be neutral venue we're gonna take it somewhere we'll get him an Uber <laughs> Um. yeah so prov the provs after on Friday so Pat's the South Stand Collective are having their debut gig we are running a bus to this one and it's currently very popular prof very very good stuff here so if you're interested in getting on the bus after Richmond Park, get in touch with the Southland Collective online, um, on Twitter and on Instagram. It's eight euro for the bus, and you'll go to the Provs where you'll have DJ Jamie Heaton and Liam Whelan. Oh, you actually have Jamie's decks right here on the floor. Yeah, and we're looking at the right. Me and Pop were like, chuk-a, chuk-a. we were we, we were <laughs> scratching earlier. He was beatboxing. Um, so None of that the decks are there, and we're ready to rock. And it's going to be a rave in the four provs. So come on down and celebrate with us. It's the Southland Collective. All who are trying to make match day uh, hospitality and just crack much better at Rovers. And before we go, Gar, um, we're going to tease a major Tipty's announcement. Go on. So this will be announced on Tuesday. Halloween, Gar. A super spooky wooky announcement, if you will. So an absolutely major Tipty's announcement. So watch out for thirty first of October. What could it be, Gary? Oh, no prof. It's not a podcast guest. It's no. not a you know. It's not a player of the year awards. It's no, no, no. It's, no this no, is no. something never done before. Unprecedented Tifties By surprise. Unprecedented. Definitely check it out. But of course, tickets are still on sale for the player of the year awards. Get yourself down. You're going to be seeing the goal of the season, the player of the year awards, the ladies player of the year awards, a chat with Bradzer and Glenn, the football department, the big good boy to big Al. If we can't twist his arm to stay on for another year. Don't twist his finger anyway. It's fister, yeah. So uh, you're going to have food, you've bands, you've saxophones, you've DJs, you've drink, you've crack. Celebrate in style. The Maldron, tifties.com. Check it out for tickets. Um, very, very limited, so check them out scaremongering and process prof but that is it for this week we will see you in Richmond check us out on our socials tell us from the East End and at East End Pod so that is it for this week and we will keep on hooping see ya